Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to the final portion of the Knowledge from the Couch countdown of the top four episodes of the last year. Guys, we have finally reached the pinnacle, the apex, the top. Let me open my thesaurus. I can't think of any more words that mean the same thing. The number one, the end of this countdown, the episode that was the most downloaded of any of the episodes that I have made thus far. And this one, you guys, is number one with a bullet. This one was by far, interestingly enough, weirdly enough, the most downloaded episode I have. Not It's not weird because it's a cool one. It's a good one, and I'm not entirely at all surprised because the content matter is super cool, but I had no idea that this one would be so much more popular than the next one. Uh, if for those who you know are jumping in randomly here, last week's uh, episode was episode 17, Jack Churchill, which is another World War II figure. The one we're going to unveil here is obviously also a, a World War II figure, but before we get to that, the number two episode, Jack Churchill, was one of my favorites to do. It, it's such a ridiculous story on its hat in multiple stages that when that one started to gain traction, I figured this is going to be the best one. This is going to be the one that gets all the, 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 the listens, all the downloads. And it got a lot, but this episode from its beginning and throughout time now, I still get almost every single day there are downloads of this episode. Now, maybe, you know, some days it's only like one or two here and there, but even since it came out, this episode still gets downloaded almost every single day from my feed. It's it's apparently that good, or people are just really searching for this particular man to talk about. It, it, it's, it's so ridiculous. Um, this one has at least 80 or 90 more downloads than Jack Churchill. Like, it's it's far and away the number one episode that I've ever done. Like, there's there's nothing that's even close to it. This is episode number seven, way back in the day. Which I don't know what that says about me and the show. Maybe that means the <laughs> I'm getting shittier and shittier because a lot of my best episodes were during season one and not season two. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Who knows? Maybe I was just better at advertising myself back then. I don't know. But the number one episode of our countdown is episode number seven, Simo Heiha, The White Death. This man was a sniper soldier during the Winter War, which is a subsection of World War II, which was fought between the Finnish, which is a tiny little baby army up in their cold-ass little country, and the Russians, a gigantic Soviet, the Soviet Red Army, you know, marching into Finland. If you look at your map and you're, you're, you got your geography on point, you'll see that Finland butts right up with Russia, and a lot of things butt right up with Russia because it's a huge fucking country, but one of the nice little footholds that the Soviet Russians wanted to get into, you know, waterways was working their way into the Scandinavian-type countries. Now, we're not going to split too many hairs here. I know um, my more avid listeners understand that Finland is not a Scandinavian country, quote-unquote. It's a lot more of a Baltic state. It's got more in common with, like, Estonia and Lithuania and, and those countries, and Russia even, pretty much more so than it has in common with its neighbors to the west, Sweden, and Norway, and then across the, the bay on the bottom half, Denmark. It, it's got more in common with the, the, the eastern part than the western part, but it still gets included a lot in Scandinavian discussions, and even when you look at those countries uh, more so today in a, in a modern sort of way, 
Finland is a lot more similar to Sweden and Norway and Denmark than it is with any of the other Eastern Bloc states. And I think that's because of its proximity with those countries and, you know, very luckily gaining influence from those nations instead of getting a lot of influence from the Eastern half. But anyway, that's that's besides the point. In World War II, Russia was trying to get a foothold on these sort of countries that were going to move it closer to Western Europe, and especially because they had easy access to waterways. Russia really doesn't. Russia is a massive country, but most of its access to free waterways to do trade is, is really difficult to get to because they start to run into a lot of other nations on those sides, or it's way out east, which is so far away from fucking anything besides like Japan and Korea, basically, that it's like, well, we can do some stuff over here, but like the world trade routes, especially at the time, they would rather you know go through the western part where you can access all of Europe. You can get to the the Americas as well that way a lot more or more quickly. It's just one of those things that that's what the Russians always seem to want. So the Russians start to wage warfare on the Finns. The Finns don't take that very lightly, especially this man, Simo, the White Death. He's this little like five and a half foot tall, just little guy, normal old farmer picks up his old 1890s rifle and just starts killing dudes. This guy was a, a ghost and just the, the Russians just had it up to here with the guy. Go ahead and listen to the rest of the episode or the entire episode, I should say, to get my full story on the guy. It's super fun. By far, apparently the best episode I've ever done. Enjoy it. And before you do so, just remember you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts can be found, including uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, The Works, anything you got, you can find it there. I'm working on the podcast website as we speak, so that should be up uh, the next couple of weeks, I hope. Um, I'm still working on getting all the rest of the equipment I need to make this a two-man podcast, so keep your ears low to the ground for that. I still don't have any announcements on who I'm going to have on or when I can have them on anytime soon. So when Season 3 starts, it will very likely be just me again for a little while until I get everything um, situated, but... Rest assured, you will hear other voices on this podcast in the next season. That I can guarantee you. Uh, besides that, I don't know uh, much else to say. Find me on Facebook. Search Knowledge from the Couch Podcast. Find me on Twitter at Kyle Steinhauser or at the Couch Pod, which is the uh, show's Twitter handle. So without further ado, without all that nonsense, guys, watch out for the next couple of weeks for new episodes of the show. And enjoy now the number one episode of our countdown, the best apparent episode of my podcast so far. Episode 7, Simo Heha, The White Death. Guys, enjoy it. The Knowledge from the Couch podcast. It's fun. It's interesting. It's weird. It's whatever you want it to be. Thanks for listening. Welcome into the Knowledge from the Couch podcast, episode 7. I'm Kyle, your host, still. Um, I don't really know uh, exactly what to talk about. I think I'll I think I'll think of something here uh, as I ramble, but 
I just kind of wanted to say, hey, thanks for listening to the show, guys. We're up to nearly 500 downloads already as we get into episode seven, which is amazing. I really, truly thought that it was going to take 50 fucking episodes to get 500 downloads. You know, I, I didn't even know if, if, if half the people who knew me were going to want to listen to the show half the time. And I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that people are kind of engaging with it. You know, it still, it still has a ton of room to grow, obviously. I think it's got a ton of room to grow format-wise. It's got a ton of room to grow skill-wise. Obviously, I'm still trying to become good at this whole podcasting thing. I don't think I'm really great at it yet, but uh, I've had a lot of positive feedback, actually almost universally positive feedback, at least from the people who talk to me. I've had a few a few less than happy folks talk to me about uh, some stuff, but that's okay. That that comes to the territory. I'm actually surprised it's not nearly as much as I thought it was going to be. So that's good news. Good news to hear that everybody's halfway enjoying the fucking show. So that's really super cool. Um, look out for some big changes, I guess, in terms of the way the show is hosted here pretty soon. My podcasting host has sort of changed their terms and agreement and it just I don't know it, it's not bad by any means they're they're a good host and they've 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 got the right stuff but I don't think I'm going to be sticking around with them so the complicated part is right now through iTunes and all the other places that you listen to this there is a feed an RSS feed and those shows take that RSS feed and so every time I upload an episode or do anything Eventually, that feed makes its way to those uh, those podcasting outlets that you that you use to listen. Now, if you're listening, if you're listening on the website or any other thing like that, then that's this doesn't really apply to you nearly as much. But if it's uh, if you're listening through your phone on your on your podcast app, then you're gonna you're gonna you know you go to things like oh, a new episode is out today, and that's when my feed uploads into that uploads into the the area that you listen, because obviously like iTunes, all these places, they don't host any of this content. If they did, I mean, there's so many goddamn podcasts. There'd be so much, so many gigabytes, terabytes, you know, of content that people put out all the time that they, it would just destroy servers. So there are a multitude of podcast hosting services where you upload your content after you've recorded and edited and all that stuff. You know, you put in all your info and then they host it. And then, you know, most of them have unlimited bandwidth, so if people download it a million times, it doesn't matter. And then those are the things that push from your feed into the other things. So long story short, it's really kind of a complex thing. I need to figure out how I can get to a new service and a new feed and put that feed's info into what I need to get it into so that the show, A, doesn't get interrupted by any means, and B people can still download all the back catalog. Obviously it's not a huge back catalog. We only got about this is episode nine now. It's episode seven in the track, but it's the ninth I've done. And so it's not like it's hundred and fifty episodes and all of a sudden I'm, you know, porting everything. But I still need to figure it out. And obviously the shitty part about that is I'm still in school. For those who know me personally, I'm still in school and November is gonna be a really shitty month for me. November is gonna be a really tough one. Uh, I got a lot of stuff to do I have a lot of things tugging at me hours-wise, you know, with ships and working and getting everything else figured out for graduation and all that kind of shit. So it's going to be a really long, arduous, shitty month. Um, if you see me 
you know me personally, you're probably going to uh, have gleaned that info from me just from seeing me out in the world. But otherwise, just wanted to let other listeners who maybe aren't as keyed into my personal life that that's going to be happening. I'm still going to try my best to get the show out once a week and even get some some bonus episodes out there. But if if and I'm going to say it's a big if because it's not too terrible to try to record an episode and do a good job. If I happen to miss a week, I'm going to let everybody know. It'll feel bad. I hate doing it because I've been doing it only for a couple months and I haven't missed anything yet. But if I'm going to miss anything, I will let everybody know and we'll get on track uh, as soon as we can. So bear with me while we go through the hosting changes. We'll probably make a new website at some point and going through you know the other things that are happening in my my life otherwise. So beyond all that bullshit, you know, I I knew I figured something out to talk about. Um, Today's episode is about the White Death, an insane sniper. And without further ado, let's get into that a little bit. about Simo Hayaha. This is, <laughs> it, I have a weird uh, thing about, I guess, choosing uh, Nordic things to talk about. Um, Leif Erikson, in and, of, in and of himself, is an easy, he's an, got an easy name to pronounce, and a lot of the, that kind of stuff is easy, but all the shit surrounding him was really tough. It's not really too different with Simo Hayaha. Um, there's a lot of dots and umlauts and shit in his name and other things that have to do with him, so... If you're somebody who really is into Finnish culture and really into this sort of norm, northern cool shit between Scandinavia, which I know Finland, Finland is not Scandinavian technically, but it's sort of their uh, sort of their brother from another mother. Uh, excuse me as I continue to butcher fucking every name everywhere, but Simo Hayaha. Before we really get into this dude, and he is an insane person. As you can imagine, we need, like I said in last episode, we need to build a little bit of context around who this guy is, why he did what he did, and how ultimately impressive it really was. So first of all, let's talk about Finland. In the 1800s, before Simo was born, and before any of this really happened, Finland was part of the uh, Russian Empire. This this would be the Russia that had 
that had czars, that had people who, you know, they had a monarch, they had, you know, Catherine the Great, uh, Nicholas, Ivan, all these people who were sort of these leaders of this this monarchical Russian empire. Finland, that area over there, was a part of it. And that's why whenever you see Finnish things, Finland's always got this sort of this strange mix of Scandinavian influence and Balkan influence and Russian influence. That's why, you know, when you go to like Norway and Sweden and Denmark, they can all sort of understand each other. They all kind of think that the other ones sound stupid when they hear them, even though they just kind of all sound the same to me when I hear it. But there's that mutual intelligibility between um, those three Scandinavian nations. And then you got got Finland kind of hanging out right next door, but they don't speak a language that is Scandinavian in origin. It, it, it's a lot more like a Russian language, but it's got that mix of other things since there's obviously culture uh, exchange on the border and stuff. So it's just kind of a weird sort of in-between land. Like, you know, Scandinavians don't really aren't very quick to, to claim Finland as one of their own, even though in my opinion, being a dumb American looking over there on the map, it's like, hey, you guys are right next door. You guys are kind of all the same, but they're really not. So... When you're thinking about the Russian Empire being a part, you know, taking part of Finland, they hold on to this area. They're right next door to the other Scandinavian countries. Then when the uh, when the Leninist Revolution took place and everybody was just getting fucking destroyed and executed and it's terrible, Finland was very opportunistic and saw an opportunity to get their independence. And the, the new Russian leadership was more than happy to give it to them for some fucking reason. They were just like, yeah, well, fuck it, we'll just... Our country's big enough. We'll just cede this huge chunk of land over to these people. It's fine, whatever. It turns out that a little bit later on, during World War II, a guy by the name of Joseph Stalin, you probably heard of that guy, guy by the name of Joseph Stalin is like, well, you know, these, these Nazis and me, we got this, like, non-aggression pact, and it's cool. They're not going to attack us, but and we're not going to attack him, but... It's like they all had their fingers crossed behind their back because they knew that they hated each other anyway and they were going to get into a fight. So Stalin figures, oh, hey, I'm going to go take over Finland super-duper quick, basically uh, justify himself saying, oh, I'm going to take over this old place that we used to have anyhow, and it's going to put him at least one step closer to mainland Europe, sort of a, an easier path to get over to Germany if he ever needs it. Well, in the meantime, obviously, these Finnish people have gotten used to being independent and have really really enjoyed it, and all of a sudden these Russians are like, well, fuck, we're coming in, we're going to do this. Uh, it's not taken very kindly by the fence. So there is a small part of World War II, which most people haven't really heard about. It didn't last very long, but it happened between the years of 1939 and 1940, the winter of 1939 into 40, called the Winter War, and the combatants were Finland, who were being invaded, and uh, Soviet Russia at this point, who was doing the invading. Now, you think of it even today, but especially back then, obviously the aggressor, Russia, or the I should call it the Soviet Union at this point, the Soviet Union had way more people, way more soldiers than the Finnish army had, and way more weapons, and way more technology, and they absolutely outmatched the Finns when it came to a fighting force, but... And here's the big but of the situation. R Russia is always really good 
about kind of letting people come in and sort of crash like waves against a giant blockade against their insanely huge, you know, amount of territory. Russia was always really good about just sort of creepily letting people in and invading them during the wintertime and then saying, hey, look at you. You're not used to the cold. You're a bunch of pussies. Oh, you're all dead. And we win, even though we're all dead, too. But fuck it, we win. That was always Russia's MO. They sort of used the winter and the harshness of their environment against those would-be invaders. The problem here is the Finns are also used to this climate. It's fucking Finland, dude. Everything is cold as fuck in Finland, even in the summertime. Finland is a very cold, very northern lying country. So there's really no winter advantage here. And in addition, in a very classic Stalin move, a very classic dictator move, Joseph Stalin, as he took power, decided that he just, you know, he was going to be a rage monster. He was just going to be a total, like I said, a total dictator move, a total asshole. And he went out there and just fucking executed and killed and murdered a bunch. I mean, we're talking about Joseph Stalin here, a dude on Hitler levels of killing his own people, for sure, went out and killed a bunch of his generals, a bunch of his really experienced military officers, and that actually proved to be a really dumb thing when it came to this particular winter war. Now, overall, you know, during World War II, as, as an ally, the Soviet Union as an ally of the French and the British and the United States later on, became a pretty effective fighting force just by sheer number and force of will. Um, by no means did the Russians take no casualties. Jesus, a ton of Russian people died during World War II, but that's a whole other story that maybe we'll get to another time. The point of the matter is Russia's got this big old army, big old bunch of dudes, but this big old army is a full of a bunch of incompetent morons led by incompetent morons, a lot of bad leadership, because Stalin killed all the good ones, because they made him mad, because he's a guy with such a tiny dick and such a huge ego that he just had to be, he just had to be Mr. Dictator, just, oh, I don't like this guy, oh, these people are, oh, they're gonna, you know, coup d'etat, oh, my rule, my rule, oh, kill everybody, and that's what happened, he just murdered a bunch of his leadership, and it paved the way for a guy like Simo Hayaha to fucking annihilate everybody. Okay, so we've set the scene. It's 1939 winter to 1940. The Russians are trying to take all of Finland, partially because it's so close to Leningrad, a really important city in Russia. Uh, the border is only like 18 kilometers away from Finland, so like right next door. And they kind of figure, oh, hey, if like the Allied powers or, or Nazi Germany, or I shouldn't say Allied powers, that's a mistake, excuse me. Germany, if Nazi Germany ends up taking over Scandinavia and Finland oh shit, now they're on our fucking doorstep, oh fuck, what are we going to do? Well, we better just take over Finland and we're going to have our own buffer zone. So Russian aggression is about to happen, dude. And the Finns, now having been independent for about 20 odd years, are not going to fucking have it. Now Finland as a nation is pretty small at this time, still pretty small today, but very small at this time. Mostly a very, you know, subsistence farming and fishing type of nation. At this point, uh, a lot of nations at this point as well, and you see it even to this day, would use mandatory conscription, mandatory mil military service when somebody came of age. So Simo Hayaha, a guy who normally in his normal, just regular old everyday life was uh, a hunter and a farmer, just a guy, you know, farming his food, feeding his family, doing his thing, 
you know, spent a year in the Finnish army as a um, for his for his military service for his conscripted mandatory military service. In that time, and this is before the Winter War starts, by the way. In that time, he was shown to be an excellent marksman, an excellent marksman, a, a really, really, really good shot. He was just like, hey. I'm here for a year, just shooting around, gets a bunch of trophies and awards and shit, and just kind of holds them home back to his farm, just hanging out. He is hanging out at home, doing his whole thing. He hears the news about Soviet Russia wanting to do their thing, wanting to come into his fucking territory, wanting to come into his house and take it. And he, and it's hilarious too when you look at like pictures of this guy. He's like so happy. He's just like this happy-go-lucky. Just hey. Look at me, I'm going to go on a mission and kill a bunch of people, you know, it's, it's just, it's it's just ridiculous. You know, he wasn't going to fucking have any of that shit, so he got his ass ready and he went out to go fucking take care of business. Now, a little background on Simo Hayaha, he is a really tiny dude. He stood at five foot three, so by no means is he a guy who's at all going to be intimidating. If you looked at this guy just normally chilling in your everyday life, you would be 0% intimidated by this guy. 0% concerned that this guy could just straight up take your life. And and it's just it's just crazy. So he's this little 5 foot 3 Finnish farmer. That's what this guy does. He spent a year, that's it, a year in in uh mandatory military service plus, you know, he was a hunter so he did have other practice time with his gun. He picks up his gun, which is a Mosin Nagant, uh, an old rifle. This is an old uh, Russian rifle, repurposed and reused um, as a Finnish weapon dur- uh, for their military people. But a, a gun, literally manufactured back in the late 1800s, a really old weapon, but a fantastic rifle, by the way. He picks this guy up, and he he dresses in all white. And here's the huge thing about him: this is why he earns his nickname as the White Death. Simo Hayaha was an incredibly intelligent winter soldier before the win- for the winter soldier. This this dude should be the winter soldier if you're a comic book hero. It's this guy. He dresses in all white winter camouflage and a bunch of really warm clothes. So he is ready to go. The temperature during the winter war never got above negative 20 degrees Celsius, which is about negative 4 degrees Fahrenheit for basically all of my listeners temperatures during the war never got above negative 20 celsius or negative 4 fahrenheit and would get as low as negative 40 celsius which i believe is also negative 40 fahrenheit so it was cold as fuck it's the winter in finland dude it's holy shit cold and like i said these russians which you would usually normally use this this temperature thing to their advantage they didn't really have that advantage anymore and in fact they were sort of treading on territory that you know, they were kind of used to having back the other way. Guys not prepared for their winter would tread on them. They were doing that now with a guy like this. A guy who's lived in in this place his entire life. A guy who was used to the cold. He was used to everything like that. And he was fucking ready for him. So he grabs his Mosin Nagant old-ass rifle. He puts on his winter camouflage, all white. He he And he just heads out. Heads out from his farm to the area where they're fighting, which is in southeastern Finland. And he sets up camp, and this dude starts to fucking murder. It's amazing. And and, and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why Simo Hayaha was so goddamn effective. 
as a sniper. Now, first of all, when you think of snipers, you get, uh, especially nowadays after the uh, the advent of modern uh, first-person shooter video games, especially, and, and things like that, you, you think of the sniper as just, you know, this huge fucking gun or this really cool, sleek, awesome rifle with this massive fucking scope on it. And guys are like, you know, doing trigonometry and calculus in her head and, you know, Coriolis effect and just blasting people from fucking miles away with these huge scopes and this bullet drop and shit. You really think of that as like a typical sniper thought. But Simo Hayahad didn't do any of that shit and it's because he was a smart guy. So when you look at his rifle, it, he really was literally like the king of the no-scope. For all my gaming people who might hear this, he was the king of the no-scope because that Mosin Nagant rifle that he would use, he killed all these fucking guys, and we'll get to the number he killed, which is an incredibly impressive number, by the way. He killed all these dudes with iron-sighted gun from the fucking 1800s. This guy is incredible. And the reason he did that was because, A... He knew that if he had a scope on, that he would have to sit up higher on his gun in order to sight through the, a bigger scope, which presents any sort of counter-sniper or any sort of counter-military at all to get a really good shot at him, a, a better shot than they would have if he's using the gun's natural sighted iron sights, which he would be able to get a lot lower profile and make him thus a harder target to hit. So he figured, well, fuck it, I'm a really good shot. I don't need a scope fucking anyway so we're not going to use that and all of a sudden he's a way 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 harder target to hit so that to me that might be the most fucking impressive thing of all is that this guy just looked down the sights the little iron sights the little dinky things and just picked dudes off constantly so that's the number one first thing the second thing uh about having a scope is not just the the fact that you have to sit higher on the gun and thus make yourself a higher profile you also you get that glare from the sun. No, so think of this. Think think of wintertime in Finland. You got snow fucking everywhere. It's why he's wearing his white, so he blends in with the snow. Snow reflects sunlight so incredibly insanely. Everything's so bright that you you think of the sun not only hitting the scope and reflecting that light for literally miles around, but then bouncing off the snow and this and that. If he was using a scope. He might as well have just put a sign saying, hey, I'm a fucking sniper. I'm the one killing your guys. Please kill me now. Okay, so no scope for sure. So, so two good reasons not to use a scope. He doesn't use a scope. He's an excellent shot, and he starts going for it. Another thing he would he would do, which I th- I think is, is absolutely genius, and I wouldn't have ever thought of it, but it, it's t- it totally illustrates how he was like a man of the fucking north, a man born with ice and snow in his veins when he was out in the day and mind you this is the winter time in the very high northern latitudes of the world most days when Stimo Hayaha would be out just killing dudes there was maybe about three to four hours of sunlight that's it the sun would rise at like maybe nine or ten in the morning then go down like one in the afternoon and that was it so for a very brief window of time, this guy was out there just making life hellish for these people, and he was just racking up kills real quick in a very short period of time. But that's besides the point. He would 
what he would do is he'd, he'd find an encampment, and, and he obviously also, by the way, knew the land better than these guys did. This was his this was his house. This was his area. That was their time. This is his area. So he would make an encampment, sort of bank himself out, and he would put <laughs> fucking snow in his mouth because if you're if it's this cold, and like I said, it never got above negative four degrees Fahrenheit or negative twenty Celsius ever while the winter war was going on. So if you're just a regular old human being and you're breathing in and out, what do you think comes out of your mouth? It's moisture, which of course, you know, that moisture and that condensation freezes and goes up in, you know, puffs of cloud, which would make it pretty easy if somebody's looking for a guy killing their guys to be like, where's that coming from? Look for the breath. I see it. Let's go that way and kill that guy. He would put cold ass snow in his mouth, which would mask the the breaths that he would take. So just another way to just sort of ingeniously camouflage himself. He would also pack up snow real tight and sort of build, a, I wouldn't call it an igloo, sort of a little nest in his little sniper nest out of snow, which would greatly decrease the uh, the puffs of snow from the, you know, the explosion, the recoil of a firing weapon. So he'd fire his shots but he wouldn't get this huge like puffs of snow like you would get if you, you know, if you were just walking around in the old powder everywhere, just firing your gun off, you'd probably have puffs of snow going everywhere. It'd be pretty easy to find you. So this guy, like we could say, this guy is just absolutely built for this shit. So now that we've talked about, you know, basically how this guy would do his thing and and the tricks of the trade that he would use to, you know, camouflage himself and get ready to go. Let's talk a little bit about how fucking deadly and insane he truly, truly was. You know, when you think of famous snipers in history, I mean, there aren't really a lot of names that pop up, obviously, but like, let's let's take, for example, probably the most, the most well-known, at least to Americans recently, and a guy named Chris Kyle, a guy who was a, uh, a sniper and was killed... Not in battle, but later after after coming home was 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 murdered, and, and anyway, you know the there was the movie and everything about him. It was a whole it was a whole thing. He wasn't even nearly nearly proficient as a sniper compared to Simo Hayaha. From from sources that I'm reading, Chris Kyle had about 160 confirmed kills, and in his own. His own remarks say that he probably got about twice that. So even if we say that Chris Kyle has somewhere around 300 confirmed kills, that's barely over half, half of how many Simo Hayaha had. Simo Hayaha had, by most accounts, around 500 fucking kills. 500 in a really short amount of time, too, by the way. Some people actually count as high as 550 about, but even the most conservative guesses still put him over 500, 500 confirmed kills. This little itty bitty five foot three Finnish farmer with a fucking no scope rifle in a war that lasted barely 100 days. By the way, the Winter War only lasted around 100 days between 1939 and 1940. He killed 500 guys. Basically, that makes him five kills a day. Just would. Get up, 
wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, my name's Simo Haiha. I'm awake today. I uh, got about two and a half hours of sunlight. Let me just uh, go get my encampment, put my snow, you know, put some snow in my mouth, and just go kill five guys. At least his deadliest day on record, he had killed twenty five dudes. Can you imagine that shit? Twenty five kills in like a three hour day. That's insane. He was so, so good at hiding himself, and he was such a good marksman that he would just pick guys off, pick guys off. And and like I said uh, at the beginning of the episode, this is an incredibly large amount of super inept Russian soldiers. Like we said, they're just dipshits. I mean, they're dipshitty enough to be wearing these like bright green coats of the Soviet army at the time putting them as a pretty goddamn easy to see and good target against the blank whiteness of the winter in Finland. I mean, it was it was easy as fuck for a guy like Simo Hayaha to see somebody, but they couldn't see him. And by the way, they were bad soldiers anyway. So, you know, they're just getting picked off and killed by what, what seemed like a fucking ghost. And that's what earned him his nickname of the White Death. He was just like this, almost this ghost unknown type of sniper guy that... You know, if you're if you're in this part of Finland, you you got a pretty decent chance of getting your ass killed by this guy because he would just be there. He'd always just be, you know, so to speak, around the corner waiting to fucking kill you. And these dipshit Russians just let him do it. They would just come up and they'd be marching to where they're gonna go, or maybe they even be looking for him in particular, and then just ding 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 ding, just dead, killed, killed. They would be fucking annihilated. And and this just went on and on to the point it's so fucking hilarious to me. This is my favorite part of this whole story. This little five foot three, just happy go lucky, smiley Finnish guy out there just picking Russians off, just fucking killing them, pissed the Russians off so bad that it, it, they they responded with such overwhelmingly overkill force that it just it just rips me apart. It's hilarious. It's this just little guy causing so much fucking havoc for the Russian forces that, you know, at first they're like, okay, we know this guy exists. Let's just try to be careful. And then he keeps fucking killing people. Five a day. Bing, 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 bing. Five a day. Bing, 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 bing. I'm just killing dudes. Oh, I killed 25 fucking guys today. I'm fucking Simo Haiha. Come and find me. And the Russians said, oh, fuck this girl. Okay. We, okay, let's start. Let's send some counter snipers. We got some good shots in our army. We got some good shots. We got some good snipers. Let's send these fucking guys. Okay, they are they are trained. They're counter snipers. Okay, they're trained to find guys like Simo and kill him. Okay, all right. Let's go send some guys out. Let's go fucking kill him. Bing, 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 bing. Dead. All of them could not get him. All these counter snipers trained to find guys like him could not get him. Eventually, they were like, okay. Let's just send more counter snipers. Let's just send all groups. Of counter snipers, not one or two or three. We'll just send dozens. Bing, 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 bing. Dead. All of them. And eventually they start fucking artillery bombing for one guy. Shooting fucking artillery off, trying to blow this dude up who is causing so much havoc against the Russian forces. Just one little guy putting snow in his mouth. No scoping, just knocking people out. They were shooting fucking artillery meant to kill multiple people in an area trying to find the guy and couldn't get him. They couldn't even get him with that. It was insane. And over the course of the Hundred Year War, all the way up to March of 1940, Aha was just getting away with it, just knocking guys out, putting his kill total 
above 500 people. One little guy, 500 people. And now, you know, the Soviets outnumbered the Finns army-wise about 100 to 1. Uh, Hayao was doing his work. He was doing work. He 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 took care of his 100 and then took care of four other dudes' 100 as well, making these kills. Eventually, in March, Hayao's insane streak of luck uh, ran out. One of these counter-snipers finally got him. They exp- they shot an explosive bullet, hit him right in the fucking jaw, blew his jaw damn near straight off, uh, and, and put him in a coma. And, and mind you, I said put him in a coma. It didn't fucking kill him because he's an insane person. He's made of steel. Blew his fucking jaw straight off, basically. And I'll, and I'll post pictures uh, to the Facebook group, by the way. Of Simo and what he what he looked like before and then what he looked like after getting his fucking jaw blown off, but they basically shot him, blew that shit up, put him in a coma. He goes into a coma, wakes up a few days later, and the winter war is over. So hey, okay, did my work, and the war is over. All in all, like I said, Heiha killed over five hundred people with a goddamn rifle from the eighteen hundreds with no scope, putting snow in his mouth. You know, just picking dumbasses off left, right, center, up, down, wherever you want. This guy is literally the grim reaper of the Russian army coming into Finland. And when all said and done, the Russian army gained about 22,000 square miles. Really not that much. If you look on a map of what they gained from this aggression, they gained like jack shit. They didn't gain fucking anything. And it was because of guys like Simo. And, 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 and I'm not even mentioning, you know the rest of the incredibly tough Finnish army who who all employed very similar tactics to how he was doing because this is their home. They were used to this. These guys went out in winter camouflage. These guys were used to the temperatures. These guys were, were waging, you know, guerrilla warfare on these idiotic Russians just walking in and just picking them off. And they, and they killed many, many, many more Russians than they had casualties and they did end up seeding a little bit of land, but really not that much. There's actually an expert uh, a historian that said that the Russians gained just about enough land to bury all their dead. You know, that's that's to me that's that's a perfect that's a perfect summary of how wasteful the Winter War was, especially for the Russians. And and when it really came down to it, it was it was twofold for that Soviet Russian army. Not only was it a basically a fruitless endeavor in the cold of the winter. But internationally, this is when people started really paying attention. This is during World War II when the world is becoming a smaller place, so to speak. People notice when other people do things. And the international community was absolutely on Finland's side. Finland was this, like, scrappy dog that was, like, fighting for its independence, that was fighting not to let the Soviets walk in. And Finland was very popular. This was definitely a pro-Finland you know, international opinion, and on the other side of the coin, the opinion of the Soviet Union during the Winter War was extremely bad. So not only did they fuck around, get a shitload of their dudes killed, which already didn't help, you know, the fact that Joseph Stalin was getting all his generals and commanders and everybody just murdered, because that's what he does. He then throws a bunch of people at a fucking dumb shit war against Finns who are ready to fight and gets a bunch more people killed. Now now the entire fucking international community is also like, hey, you dipshit, what are you doing? What are you doing picking on these these guys? They're not even like a tenth your size. What are you doing picking on them? And by the way, we see you picking on them, and we see this little baby man just just 
you know, baby eat snowman just fucking killing all your guys? What the fuck is this, man? Okay, have fun. This is what it really came down to. And it's all because of guys like Simo Hayaha. And by the way, even though he got his jaw blown the shit off during this battle, I'm pretty sure, and this is now subjective territory, I'm pretty goddamn sure that if the Grim Reaper does exist, if there is a, a, a god of death, that he was scared shitless of this guy. Because Simo Hayaha didn't die until 2002 at 96 years old. I think the Grim Reaper uh, had to wait till the guy could barely fucking walk and then he could take him because this guy was so insanely deadly. Just happy-go-lucky, finished farmer, hanging out. Uh, just an absolute deadly badass. That's the story of Seema Hayah, an insanely cool, fun little nook of history that you don't get to really see very often. And now, and now let's hit that non-sequitur fact of the week because why? why not? Did you know that if the the human eye was able to be made into a camera, it would be a 576 megapixel camera? Yeah, oh, we still got a ways to go, and to me, that's that's pretty goddamn interesting. Guys, that's the end of the episode seven. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed me ranting and raving pretty crazy, pretty hard for the last couple months now already. I'm super duper happy that you're here listening to this with me. Uh, truly from the bottom of my heart, it makes me so happy that people, at least a few people, actually care a little bit to hear what I have to say, even if it's, you know, only mildly interesting. Uh, let's go through the spiel real quick. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle F. Steinhauser. Sorry, that's wrong. Kyle Steinhauser at Kyle F. Steinhauser on Instagram. That's the one I meant to say. We also have a Facebook group now. We actually have since nearly the beginning of the podcast, but since I was a super creative, cool guy, I recorded a bunch of episodes in advance before I actually made the Facebook group. Just search Knowledge from the Couch on Facebook. You'll find it. Throw it a like. I post all the same shit I post on my personal account on there. Plus, I post pictures and stuff from each episode, so you will you will get that. Also, don't forget to check the show notes if you like the music, or at least you're halfway curious. Uh, at least half the music I use, since it's all non-copyrighted work, can't be found if you either Shazam or, you know, Google, ask Google what's going on. You, you can't really find what the music is, but uh, every episode in the show notes, you will find the source of the music. So if you like that stuff, go ahead and find and support those people they're pretty super duper cool you can find us everywhere apple podcast stitcher uh pocket cast tune in uh all the good places all the places you want to be you can find us please rate us there five stars would be super cool uh one star is fine too if you really hate it that's fine I've had a couple haters here since we started the podcast, and that is 100% fine. But I would really love you if you gave me five stars, uh, especially if you think I'm a a five-star man like Dennis Reynolds. What else is there to say? Not a whole whole hell of a lot. I don't even actually – this is the first time recording one of these outros. I don't even have any clue what we're going to do next week. It's a TBD, to-be-determined situation. I will think of something, though, so I'll leave you – with that suspense. Guys, thank you so much for listening. 